0: Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 328. This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, and handstands, and gymnastics, and buffalo wings, and hugs. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, joined by... Assistant Editor Tucker Marcus, joined by... Uh, Assistant Social Media Manager Alex Lopez. Yeah, boys! Yeah! Yeah. First things first, we gotta talk about the biggest news of the week, which is... The Wolverine The Long Night trailer has hit the interwebs and a release date has been announced. This is our big scripted podcast. The 10-episode series airs weekly beginning March 12, 2018 exclusively on Stitcher Premium. It will, though, see a wide release across all podcast platforms in fall. 2018. You can watch the trailer at wolverinepodcast.com and get alerts on the series and all that good stuff. To give you guys a little bit of information, if you don't know about Wolverine The Long Night, the story is like a like a hybrid of mystery and fantasy of the Marvel Universe. It follows Agent Sally Pierce, uh, who's played by Celia Keenan-Bolger, and Tad Marshall, played by Atto Asando, as they arrive in the fictional town of Burns, Alaska to investigate a series of murders But they quickly discover the town lives in fear of a serial killer. The agents then team up with Deputy Bobby Reed, who's played by Andrew Keenan Bolger, to investigate their main suspect, Logan, who's played by the mighty Richard Armitage. Their search leads them on a fox hunt through the mysterious and corrupt town. This is super cool because there's also a bunch of other people who show up in the series in various roles. Uh, Chris Gethard, who is host of one of my favorite podcasts, Beautiful Anonymous. He also has the Chris Gethard show. He's a huge Marvel Comics fan. I want him on This Week in Marvel soon. Scott Adsit, you may know from 30 Rock or from Marvel Comics, (laughs) such as Deadpool, Deadpool, where you see Scott Adsit. He has been in Guardians of the Galaxy. Bob Balaban, who's... Been in a million things. Like he's Bob Friggin' Balaban. So cool. And Brian Stokes Mitchell from Mr. Robot. They're all on the show. Tons more people. You can get all the news about this, the uh, more detail about the cast and some other things on news.marvel.com. Now, if you're not already a Stitcher Premium member, you can use promo code MARVEL to get one month free. Keep that in your pocket. Series launches March 12th. Think about it. You're going to want to listen to this. It's going to be pretty great. We also. Launched a couple of Wolverine social pages, right, Alex?
1: Yeah, so uh, they're actually at Twitter. It's The Wolverine. Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash Wolverine. And Instagram is instagram.com slash official Wolverine. And uh, they'll be used to promote the podcast and everything else Wolverine. So
0: get your Wolverine news there. Ooh, cool. So, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm, there's tons of Wolverine stuff happening. Uh, the Trailer old knuckleheads. Ten episodes. It's going to be dope. All right, so that was the the hot news. The hot, hot news. ah. Had to get that out of the way right up top. So in my quest to make some of y'all listeners tweet weird things to me in search of maybe getting something fun for it. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Evil producer Brandon is shaking his head. Alex is scrunching his nose. Tucker is just into it. I like it a lot. This is a really good one. I actually, I don't (laughs) mind this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you guys can tweet Lumpy Tuna and This Week in Marvel to me, Agent M., on Twitter before February sixteenth, and maybe something cool happens. Does not apply if I gave you something in the last couple weeks. I keep a spreadsheet. So he's I organized. Know, yeah, he knows. I know who 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 gets the goods. Uh, he's making a list. Uh, he's checking it twice. It's that time of the year again, <laughs> guys. Oh, you hear the jingle bells. Came jingle quick. Jingle bell, jingle bell, <laughs> jingle bell rock. Um, congratulations, football. Yeah, you did it. Football did it with the Super Bowl came some cool stuff. There were a lot of the movie trailers yeah. and the teases and all that stuff. There was oh, Solo. Yeah. Uh, so we saw our first look there and then the full trailer for Solo, which I always think about it, cool, there's going to be a Star Wars movie, which means hopefully we'll get cool Star Wars connected comics to it. Mm-hmm. We've had really great Han Solo tales, building out some more of him with yeah. uh, Son of Solo so, and mm-hmm. those pieces. So I think my big takeaway and excitement for that is is Donald Phil Glover, Glover. Yeah. as
1: oh Lando? Uh, me and Tucker were sitting at our desk yesterday, and the whole we watched a trailer about like three times each, and we we're just like Donald Glover and yeah, Woody Harrelson. We're like yeah. no, listen, <laughs> totally <They both laughs> love incredible. some Woody, yeah.
0: but Donald, I am there for Donald Glover oh, yeah. as Lando. We got a new spot for Marvel Studios' Avengers Infinity War, Ooh. which that looked pretty good. It looked pretty
1: pretty cool, man. <laughs> uh,
0: but that's a, a little bit of what's going on on our heads. But really. We're here to talk about some oh, big yeah. comics. There were 20 comics out this week. If you have Ooh. not listened to Marvel's The Pull List, you need to check it out. It's uh, where we ran down all 20 issues plus all the other books that came out. That's in your podcast feed. But we singled out four issues that we want to talk about this week. I will start us off with Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock number one. Look, I I am so hyped for this. It's Jerry Duggan working with Mike and Laura Allred on art with V.C.'s Corey Petit on lettering and a gorgeous, gorgeous cover by Aaron Cooter with Eve Sforcina just showing Adam Warlock, almost messianic figure Mm -hmm. in the cosmos, which he has been. He has been a sort of god a number of times. He's had ultimate power and all this other fun stuff. And a couple weeks back when we sort of got the hint of Adam coming back in Guardians of the Galaxy... I gave a rundown of who he was and what he's all about and some of his appearances, which was, it's a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. There's, well, you get like a great history in yes. there.
1: And it's just phenomenal because it goes through basically everything you talked about in my podcast. And more and, <laughs> and more.
0: more yeah. Like, he, you, There's only like six pages, but it's the way that the team puts it all together is, is so good. And the book opens up with Adam Warlock awakening from his sort of slumber. Right. And he sees Kang he's like, yeah, Kang, whatever you're doing, stop it. And <laughs> Kang's like, dude, no, man, Yeah, chill. I love
1: all the parts where he's like, old friend. He's like, we're not friends. Yeah. And he's like, well, not yet. He's <laughs> 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 like, don't
0: worry about it, bro. Yeah. We're super tight. Just chill. <laughs> Have a hacky sack. Let's stick let's around a little bit. And Kang's basically like, some stuff is going to go down. And we need to fix it. Yeah. It gets like real heavy for the chill Kang that you're describing. (laughs) Kang needs Adam to go back in time to a certain point to try to prevent something. And the crazy thing is I've been watching The Good Place. And in The Good Place, there's this thing about sort of repetition going through the same thing over and over again. And try as they might, they can't. Get it to where they want it, and there's a piece in this issue that made me think of that. It makes me think of we just had Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. which is you know right. the, here, and uh, think of the mood, the Bill Murray movie, and going over and over again. Kang is in that space. He's trying to do something and fix. He's trying to fix the universe, and he keeps failing. And it's really he, intense because he's Kang. He's at the end of time. He's gone through so much, uh, and he's so powerful. It's wild. I really dug the elements of. A vulnerable Kang. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he's always like, ah, I'm gonna, you know, crush everybody. Yeah, he's best. always
1: like, you know, all powerful. He can do whatever. He controls time. And this time he was scared almost.
0: There's also this really wonderful storytelling device. At the bottom of the right hand pages, from when Adam wakes up until he leaves Kang, there's a small hourglass. Yep. And it's the time is running
1: out. I- Didn't notice it until probably like halfway through the book. And then I went back and
0: looked at all of them and I was like, oh, wow. It's so small. And like you say, you can miss it, but it was such a... It's such a smart little storytelling yeah, device. So cool. And then when you notice it, you're like, oh, no. It, mm-hmm. you, there's impen- the mm-hmm. sense of impending doom that comes with it. It's so good. Uh, there's a super sweet appearance by Judge Krator, my boy. Uh, <laughs> Judge Krator. He is <laughs> the dopest member of Soul World. He's just so happy. He's Judge like- Judge Krator.
2: Damn, damn,
0: damn. <laughs> oh man. That's so good. Uh Judge Krator, he was kind of a jerk in life. Uh, he was very focused on justice and what he believed was right, and sometimes that led him down the wrong path. Mm. And that's why he and Adam clashed. Eventually, Adam sucked his soul up and put him in Soul World, where he was just like super chill now, dude. And he's like, I'm a judge, but I'm not gonna judge you. You know? I uh, love Judge Krator. We see Drax with his sacks. So good. Sax Zach tracks. Sax tracks all the way. Everything about this book is so good. Uh, there is also an awesome but disturbing two-page spread in the middle of the book, with Kang proclaiming, "In quotes, infinities end approaches." Yep. Now there's tons of characters who are dead. They're beaten, destroyed, feels. Like, there's some significance to this. I would, it feels like it. I, <laughs> I'm not saying
1: anything. I stared at that page for about 10 minutes just going through each character and trying to pick out all like the Easter eggs and things I missed.
0: Yeah. And it's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, oh, it's intense. And we will see more of what this could mean going forward. This issue is fantastic.
1: I want more uh, Adam Warlock in all red style.
0: Oh, it's, oh, it's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Also, a uh, quick note we have a few. Great little pieces to coincide with Infinity Countdown up on Marvel.com. So go check out Marvel.com slash comics or news.marvel.com. We have a uh, a two-part kind of retrospective. On the life of Adam Warlock and the crazy, insane adventures and journeys that he's had. Who wrote that? Uh, one of our uh, Marvel.com writers, Steffi Feldman.
0: That's great. Yeah, makes yeah. me happy. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's really awesome, And So, yeah, go check that out. Go check out a few other pieces that we'll have to uh, coincide with the huge Infinity Countdown. Sweet. My pick this week is Spirits of Vengeance number five. It's written by Victor Gishler, art by David Baldion. Colors by Andres Mosa, uh, Letters by Corey Petit. This is War at the Gates of Hell, Part 5. Uh, I feel
0: like there should be a sick riff there. Like, yeah. a... <laughs> like <somebody laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely. I picked this book because I've really enjoyed this limited series so much. It tells this crazy, kind of mythical tale it's a mystery and ghost rider blade hellstrom and satana are trying to figure things out they're trying to essentially stop heaven and hell from going to war with each other and there's so much insanity that you can expect as a result the yeah.
0: the, the crazy thing is it's there's so many levels of mythology that they're building yeah. and using in this yeah. and victor does that really well and it's not even so much that they're trying to prevent a war it's like they're trying to prevent the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Right, right, right. Like, right. they're yeah. trying yeah. Right. to prevent the thing, the thing that will cause st- the, yeah, thing the thing yeah. Th- yeah. to happen. And it's it's so cool. There's so many moving parts to it, too.
2: But the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand by the member of the Black Hand, Gavrilo Princeps.
0: Oh, thank you for the fact check. There's
2: a, a little history lesson. Thank you so much. Anyway. Uh, this is
1: what the listeners come for. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to start a real-world history podcast. Oh,
2: Yes. <laughs> I've loved every issue of this series because it it just really feels so different. Uh, These characters, they kind of exist in this really cool corner of the Marvel Universe, Ghost Rider Blade, Hellstrom, Satana, and then all the supporting characters that have appeared throughout this limited series. I picked this issue kind of as a tribute to the series as a whole. If you haven't read it yet, I implore you, go check it out, if for no, no other reason to see David Baldion's art, which is just so unique, it's kind of twisted and weird and like melty just in a like weird Tucker. way. Yes, <laughs> I look like a uh, like a candle yeah. that has been on,
0: and a candle that's on. It's just, oh. I need um, to go turn off that candle. Uh, <laughs> I I am not a religious person, so. I don't know what that means, but I love stories that are based in, like, religious mythology and and the the characters, the themes, all that stuff. So here with the the pieces of silver and what they mean and the characters that show up, it's like Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider. There's so much stuff that religion played a part in with that story. I really dig it. And, yeah, this was a a super read. There were a couple of moments that I had to highlight. One is Blade jumps off his bike, throwing it at a half... Goddess Demon Demonian. woman. Yeah. That uh, like, was great part. It was yeah. so good. It was there's this big moment, and she's gonna like thrash somebody, and there's his bike just yeah. <laughs> hits her right in the face. Especially it was so good. That wasn't what I thought was gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, like just bike just comes in, and I was like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Satana and Damon Hellstrom fight demons and then get saved by angels. Yeah. And that to me, I was thinking about that, and that that setup and that scene was really good. Ghost Rider races a missile gets ahead of it, then takes it in the chest. It was <laughs> yeah. awesome. And, uh tied
1: back to like your the religious aspect you're saying for, the explanation for that was really cool. Yes. And like why he yeah. survived it right. and how and right. like the whole thing has to do with
0: that. I don't want to spoil
1: anything, is really awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this was a, a fantastic miniseries. If you haven't read it, get the trade. When it comes out, it should be out in not too long, or grab the back issues. We'll have more cool supernatural adventures with the damnation story yeah. coming up, right? Yeah, yeah, to- yeah. Up.
2: yeah. Next up will be Damnation Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, and uh, Damnation Doctor Strange, which is going to be written by Donny Cates and Nick Spencer. And that's going to be insane and awesome and kind of coming out of the, the fallout of Secret Empire in some really cool ways. So yeah, I'm bummed that this limited series is over, but at the same time, so happy that we get such a cool beginning, middle, and end to this story. And knowing that Elements of this story and kind of even just tonal elements of this story are going to extend further into the Marvel Universe as we go on in 2018. is super
0: exciting. Yeah. I'm really glad you picked Spirits of Vengeance because that was on my list. I would have picked it if had one of you not, but it allows me to pick Venom, number 161, as one of my picks for this week. It's written by Mike Costa, art by Javier Garon, colors by Dono Sanchez-Elmada and Eric Arciniega, and letters by Clayton Cowles – Again, on the poll list, I said this had my favorite cover of the week. Mm-hmm. You can listen to that episode to find out why. Uh, but really, Mike Costa has been doing yeoman's work, as they say, in the last, I don't know, year or so on Venom, consistently making the book really cool, really fun, digging into Eddie Brock. Yeah, I remember reading Spider-Man when I was a kid and and – You know, Venom and Carnage were the two big bads around at the time when I was when I was really young and reading. But I never got into Eddie Brock, but like the series has made me love him a ton. This, surprisingly, is just this one-off sort of interlude between the big arc of Venom Inc. and what's to come for Venom in the, you know, in the next months and, and weeks perfect jumping on point for yeah. the series really the art in here by javier garon was different enough from his work on recently secret warriors and i think because he wasn't drawing these giant fight scenes and all the stuff the tons of characters you get to see him draw venom versus spider woman or venom versus the looter Luter. the the looter stuff has uh one of my favorite moments looter peeing himself when <laughs> venom finds him literally Pees himself. But, I, and he doesn't only pee himself. He points it out a bunch. Yeah, he's like, like <laughs> "Look, you know what? I, don't get me. Look at this. Yeah. He's eliminated. Like, he's like, I already peed myself. He's like, I peed myself. Yeah. It's like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get to see a, a fight. I don't remember ever seeing Spider Woman Jessica Drew versus Venom. You know, Venom. He's like, look, I'm I'm trying to be better. I'm I'm not killing him. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> eating his brains. Yeah. Isn't that great? And Spider Woman's like. But you have eaten people's brains. You have killed many people. It's like, but I'm not doing it now. <laughs> Come on. It's it's great. There's a really fun dynamic. And then you, you've got that with the symbiote and Eddie and just their relationship is fascinating. The way yeah. the symbiote talks to Eddie. In my head, the symbiote has this like childlike high voice. Every time I read... The captions, that's how I read it, the way it talks to Eddie. And I don't know if it's, maybe it's just me.
1: It's a high picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine.
0: But I, it feels not innocent, but this voice, it endears me to this relationship. Right. Also, you get Eddie Brock pumping iron in his little apartment, yeah. just getting swole. It's a big dude, man. Yeah, that's Ripped. what he does. One of my favorite moments also of this week is the symbiote's like, We are trying to do good. Let me show you what we've been through and what's going on. Taches itself to Jessica Drew. We get this beautiful splash page of Javier Garone and the colorist just drawing her with the symbiote over her. And flashes of different things of Eddie's life, of the symbiote, of the spawns of the symbiote. Really cool stuff. It's terrific. This is a hell of an issue. If you've not been reading Venom, this is an easy one for you to pick up. Yeah, and, and 2018
2: is the year of Venom. I believe it's the character's 30th, 30th anniversary. anniversary. So there's a lot more planned to come for the character. And like Ryan said, now it's a perfect time to jump on because there is so much cool stuff to come.
1: Yeah, and then on to my pick of the week. X-Men Red, number one, by Tom Taylor, Mahmoud Asrar, and colors by Ive Savorsina. And I really dug this issue. It jumps through a bunch of different times it starts off in the future and then it goes to the present and you see how gene has put together his team but not everyone because there's only some members she gets in the first issue but it's really just setting up how gene has evolved from her death to resurrection and what she's trying to do now and everything that's happened in Mutant there's a lot of discrimination a lot of hate and she's not just going to battle villains she wants to battle that she's kind of evolving into the Professor X character mm. because she's trying to go to the U.N. to enact her plan. It's really backing of an nations. actual nation. And, yeah,
0: You know, she's like, look, we're a species that is scattered. We can find a voice, but we right. want to do this right. We need countries to back us up. She goes to. Yeah,
1: and she, she goes to the U.N. She goes into why she needs actual countries. She has a really beautiful plan, I got to say. And then we get to the end, and there's some craziness. You find out who the villain is going to be. Yeah, I'm glad
0: I didn't get spoiled on the big bad. I had no idea.
1: I was like, "That is very cool because it's going to set up some cool battles." Heck yeah! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But it's great first issue. I love where it's setting up. I've loved the message of the book.
0: Yeah, really good. If you guys want to know about the rest of the issues out this week, again. Check out Marvel's The Pull List. Okay, from new comics out this week to the news, who wants to kick us off with some comics news? I could take some comics. Tucker and
1: I were super excited about this when we found out. uh, Was that Friday, Thursday, whatever it was? Gary Witta is writing the adaption of Star Wars The Last Jedi with art by Michael Walsh and Mike Spencer. It'll have new scenes and bits that didn't make it into the movie. And uh Ryan just summed it up in this. Gary freaking Wooda and Mike Walsh. What's up now? <laughs> I literally wrote in all caps and lots of like extended words. Freaking awesome. Great news. Can't wait for that. Then we got X-Men Gold will be in full wedding mode in issues 26 to 30. I'm looking forward to that. Hell yeah. I- and then I guess... Ryan wants to talk about some Infinity Countdown tie-ins. Yeah,
0: we have uh, creative teams. You can find those on news.marvel.com. But with Infinity Countdown, we're going to have a bunch of tie-ins that go along with it. A Captain Marvel issue written by Jim McCann with art by Diego Oler-Tegui. Infinity Countdown Daredevil written by Jerry Duggan with art by Chris Sprouse. Hell, Whoa, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a Darkhawk Hawk four issue infinity countdown series written by chris sims and chad bowers sign me up yeah with (laughs) art by gang hyuk lim i'm very excited about that there's also going to be a couple issues of a champion series a black widow series more info on all of these to come but Infinity countdown is going to be spectacular jerry duggan at the helm of this big story that we're doing so believe it it's going to be real good oh yeah
2: and in games news. Oh my uh, God, there's so much games there's news. There's so much a games lot news. Lots of games news. Uh, Marvel's Avengers Academy, the awesome mobile game, hits its second anniversary. Wow. So I remember being
0: at the launch party wow. two years ago. Uh,
2: so there's a lot going on with that. A lot of cool updates, a lot of great characters available. Yeah,
0: like the battle system, a whole bunch of things. Yeah. You can go to the website, marvel.com, to check out all the news and yeah, the details a, of all Yeah, that. there's a
2: whole big article and an in, uh, in interview with. Bill Roseman and the games team about uh, what's coming to Marvel's Avengers Academy. Elsewhere, in the big Avengers project from Crystal Dynamics, there's a lot of great, amazing industry talent that's coming out of the project. Just this month alone includes Sean Iskag, former Naughty Dog creative director, which is incredible. Naughty Dog's some of my favorite games of all time. The
0: Uncharted series. Ooh, last amazing. of Us. Yeah, I love Uncharted. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: and Stephen Barry, who has been at EA and Visceral for like, almost 30 years, which is incredible. So there's so much going on with that. This Avengers project, which features a completely new and original story, will introduce a universe gamers can play in for years to come. The project will be jam-packed with characters, environments, and iconic moments. And it just looks like the coolest thing of all time.
0: I'm not saying that I've played a bunch of it already. And I'm not saying that I loved it. Uh, I didn't tell you? No. Oh. Oh my! Oh, yeah, <laughs> we need to talk Offline, later. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll give you the lowdown. Oh, yeah, it
2: looks just ridiculous. You have no idea. Oh my! Oh my!
0: You have no idea. So jealous. So jealous. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, and then to coincide with the release of Marvel Studios' Black Panther, which comes out on the 16th, there is a huge event going across all Marvel games that started this week. The King of Wakanda invades Marvel Future Fight and Contest of Champions and Puzzle Quest and Avengers Academy and Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. There's so much happening here.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there's too much here to even yeah. like dive into. There's like, yeah. there's like
2: a half a page in tiny font. of details of what's
0: happening (laughs) definitely check that out in marvel television news there's a trailer for marvel's jessica jones season two very excited about that oh yeah soon very soon super soon the second season of legion has been announced to premiere on april 3rd love legion yeah right i love legion it's good
1: It's one of the few shows last year that when it was like on air, I was like,
0: I'm watching it every freaking episode at this exact time. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) Okay. cool. The Black Panther album is available now. The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar, and they just released their second single of the album. It's called Pray For Me. You can check that out on Marvel.com. You can go pick up the album, stream it on any of your, I don't know, trolla boxes and uh sousaphones yeah. and, yeah, and yeah, any, yeah. anywhere you play music it's probably available that's just, the way technology works yeah, yeah. that's where i listen to music yeah put it on your Zoom. i have a Zoom. oh cool wow <laughs> do you want me to bring it like <laughs> all of your face is lit up i have a I, I just like
1: haven't seen one for a very long time yeah
0: i think microsoft <laughs> gave it to me 15 10 years ago whatever does it does is. still work i don't know you, you got it, it she, like you got tested i think it has a proprietary <laughs> charger that I don't know if I still have the charger. I'll have to look.
2: You should cast it in resin and put it on
0: the end of a cane. (laughs) (laughs) They call me Zoom man. Uh, Real soon, we're going to be at New York Toy Fair. So there's going to be tons of cool toys and, and probably announcements and product stuff coming out of that. So stay ready for that. All right, guys, let's go now to my interview with Marvel Studios Black Panther writer Joe Robert Cole. He's awesome. This was just like right after the premiere in the midst of all the cool press. And Joe was, was super neat. Uh, he has a lot of really cool experiences working on Marvel Studios projects. I hope you dig this chat. After that, we'll come back for your questions and comments welcome thank you for joining us on this week in marvel really appreciate it so we're talking the day after the big amazing hollywood red uh, not even red purple carpet premiere of marvel studios black <laughs> panther how was your night
3: it was unreal there was there's such a uh, enthusiasm and excitement about the movie and the response It was the first time I had seen it in the theater with people. I'd seen it prior to this a few times, but seeing it in a theater with people and and to be just a part of that was magical.
0: How was Walking the Carpet? It just seemed like such a fun, positive atmosphere out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's all been that way. It was that way working on the script. It was that way on the shoot. There's a great joy and uh, just an excitement about it. And and walking down the red carpet was the same thing. It was that kind of exuberance and enthusiasm. And, and everyone's having fun and really proud of the work that we've done and, and the product and what came out of it. And so uh, it was great. Do you have any uh, any special or surreal
0: moments from the after party?
3: <laughs> um... That you Surreal can tell <laughs> moments from the after party. Uh, my mom wanted to take a picture with Angela Bassett and we made that happen and it was fantastic. Angela's an amazing, amazing person. And so uh, we got a picture with my mom and Angela Bassett. So that was awesome.
0: That's all that matters. Taking care of mom is like yeah. my priority all the time. So I'm glad to hear it's, it was there for you. That's right. So what's your Marvel origin story? How did you end up joining the writing program?
3: I joined in a different way than, I think, uh, many of my colleagues. They had read a kind of a Chinatown cop movie that I had written. And so I pitched uh, probably about three months, all the way up to Kevin. And then shortly after that, um, they said, would you be interested in being in our writer program? Uh, And they explained what it was. And I was like, of course. Uh, It means I get to write more than one Marvel movie. Yeah, I'm down for that. So yeah, that's how I got in.
0: For our Marvel listeners, can you give us a little insight into what the program was like, What really what it was? Because we don't get a lot of insight into it, and it sounds so cool.
3: In my experience, they give you an office, and then you get assigned a character. And uh, then you read every comic from that character. And you come up with a story that you think would make a great movie for that character. Then you pitch it to them. You present it. And they give you notes, and then if it moves along in a positive way, then eventually you get greenlit to write it, and you write that movie, and then you do it all over again with another character. It's great. You're essentially getting notes and working with the executives who are making the movies. And so it's a great experience.
0: Do you get to collaborate or talk to or work with the other writers in the program, or is it really kind of siloed off?
3: We, you know, we had our offices next door. So I took Nicole Perlman's place. She worked on the first draft of Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one in the program. But I took her place. And then I was, my office was next door to Eric Pearson, who was one of the writers on Thor Ragnarok. And I think Chris Yost, who was another writer on Thor Ragnarok, was also in the program. So it was really just me, Chris, and Eric. And we we did not collaborate in terms of our projects, but we'd go and hang out for lunch and talk about what was going on and stuff like that but no we essentially worked on our own projects uh it kind of felt a little bit like a development deal in a way that sounds amazing so you say in being
0: part of the program you you get to because it's like kind of a gift almost get to read all the comics featuring your character how long does it take you to dive into 50 years of black panther history
3: Well, I didn't read, it's funny, I did not work on Black Panther in the program, but I did read all of the Black Panther comics. (laughs) Um, And uh, I don't quite know how long it took, but uh, it, you know, when you're doing something that you love doing, time flies. So, you know, there's tons of runs and they all have something different that they offer, different perspectives, and, uh, and they all fed to inspire the movie. Do
0: you have particular favorite runs? I mean, for me, Christopher Priest is mm-hmm. the
3: seminal Black Panther
0: writer. Yeah. There's so much amazing content in what he did. What was it for you?
3: Priest's run was fantastic. It was the first run that I actually read because I, I read a little while I was in the program of him just for my own personal pleasure, not related to the movie. I, I was aware that they eventually might have some interest in doing the character but i i read it and found the character just fascinating and i really loved his run so yeah i would say priest
0: yeah have you read any of the current stuff the stuff by ta Tanahasi?
3: Co- yeah oh absolutely oh it's he's so lyrical and poetic and the the politics of it uh how he approaches the imagery it's a fantastic fantastic run he he is a, a wonderful writer
0: yeah it's incredible so while the movie's in production, how involved do you get? Do you get to collaborate with Ryan Coogler? What's your presence with the film while it's being made?
3: Me and Ryan co-wrote all the way through pre-production until we had the, the shooting draft. And then I visited set a few times, but more as a visitor than as a writer. By that point, the way the process works with Ryan is he's finding things with actors and rehearsals and things like that, and he's able to make those kind of dialogue adjustments at that point. We're lucky that the, the studio was happy with the larger thrust of the story, so there wasn't any kind of big fixes that were necessary. So there wasn't, It really was nothing for me to do, but I, I definitely went down and visited a few times and loved it.
0: I imagine it's got to be amazing seeing it all come together. As you're writing the script mm-hmm. with Ryan, do you have any particular characters that you really connected with, that you loved writing, that you w- even that you wish you got to take some more time with?
3: Oh, man, I, I loved them all. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I, I think is so wonderful about the film is that it's such a full cast. We introduce and navigate so many characters with dimension and with depth and have fun with them. That'd be a hard thing for me to answer.
0: Totally fair. So of just you know your own fandom of seeing this universe, if you had another crack in mm-hmm. a Marvel movie outside of Black Panther, who would you want to write?
3: Hmm. I'm a big fan of Wolverine. So I would love that at some point in my life.
0: What about Wolverine do you love?
3: I just. I love the idea of someone who they get injured and they can feel pain, but they know that they heal. And there's he's so tortured as a person and can't really love. And the humanity of him, he he has such a hard time sharing it. I just find him, the tortured nature of him, kind of a fascinating character. The human frailty of him, fascinating. And I think he's savage, too you know, just in terms of his fighting ability. I, I love the animalistic quality of him.
0: Yeah, those berserker rages can be yeah. such fun, <laughs> just elements to play off of visually, and, and I'm sure for you as a
3: writer. And Logan was amazing. You know, I thought <gasps> yeah. Logan was an amazing.
0: Logan was incredible. So. Yeah, so the movies, movies about to come out. What's next for you? What's on your plate?
3: It's hard to, like, you're not supposed to say certain things, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm working in the TV space, and then I'm going to direct a movie with Lakeith Stansfield and uh, Jeffrey Wright that I'm very proud of, uh, a script that I'm very proud of. It's called All Day and the Night, and it puts a face on people who our society kind of cast aside as criminals. The best way to describe it is it's a human story kind of steeped in a crime genre aesthetic. So that's keeping me busy. That sounds awesome. Jeffrey Wright's amazing.
0: All right. I really All appreciate right. you joining us for This Week in Marvel, and good luck with the projects, and uh, good job on Black Panther. Uh, thank you so much, man. Thanks, right, Jeff. Take care. Time for This Week in Marvel questions and comments. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel on Twitter or email us at com. Captain Rogers, 44, says, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just keeps getting better. I don't know how they keep doing it. The Daisy versus Sonara fight was really cool, though it did end with a shish Kree Bob. I like this. That's that's some good punnery. Shish Kree Bob. Also, Mac and his shotgun axe. Need I say more? Captain Rogers continues saying, never really had a favorite X team. This is in response to the question I posed last week. Who's your favorite X-Men team? But was intrigued by X-Force. Love the black, gray, and red costumes. Plus, Laura... Psylocke and Domino have spent many issues in those ranks. I think that's a solid team. I sort of look at most of the X, whatever force they fall under the X-Men banner. I yeah. would accept them. Yeah. Like New Mutants, I would accept them as an X-Men team. Right. I mean, I th- yeah, they're all under that bigger bucket. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Bucket of Mutants. <laughs> that, that's my new band.
1: I'm going to call ourselves Bucket <laughs> of Mutants. <laughs> Simon Williams says,
2: "Listening to Marvel's The Pull List, episode number four, He says, "I like you at Tucker Marcus, but please <laughs> never sing again." And in response to that, I just have to say,
0: "Oh, say can you see by the?" You dawns. know what? I, I think I think that's that's enough. Okay. for yeah. now. Yeah, have, I felt really have good of that, that, Simon. Yeah, I think you got you got to give him just a little taste. Yeah. yeah,
2: a little taste of the national anthem. Uh, And he also says, also, don't blaspheme and say that anyone fictional or otherwise has a mustache as great as Agent M's. Man, come into your defense. That's right. Oh, that's That's high praise. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a good mustache.
2: I mean, that's including, like, Magnum P.I.? Mine is better. That's including (laughs) the the dad from Orange County Choppers. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're not. just pulling these out of nowhere, man.
2: <laughs> um, I'm, okay. I'm really spanning the, the mustache reverse here. Yeah.
1: All right, let's go out to Joshua Cooper at Commander Socket. He says, I hope that Laura keeps the Wolverine name after Infinity Countdown because all new Wolverine 30 seems like the definitive end of the X-23 story. Yeah, I mean, she deserves the mantle. She's
0: been killing it. The thing I love about it is she is the master of her destiny. She is who she wants to be. Mm-hmm. She wants to be Wolverine. She wants to be X twenty-three. She wants to be something else. That's the character. And that's that's what she's able to do.
1: Definitely. He goes on to say, so happy that Agent M is getting on the ever-loving blue-eyed thing train. I probably
0: have to thank Tucker Marcus for a little of that. I don't think I was ever not on the thing train. Yeah. I shared an office with John Sarilli, whose favorite character is the thing. Oh, I didn't know. We that. have a we had a toy in the office of Thing riding a little motorcycle that said the thing on it all about the thing uh
1: joshua ends off saying my favorite x team is the all female team from the most recent adjective
0: list x-men title yeah Mm. really good cool kelsey nablock says my favorite x crew is the current x-men blue traditional characters with a twist and none of the baggage of the older versions sign me up super solid i love that one yeah the
2: Tech Lord at Lex Pendragon says, X-Men, the blue team has been his favorite team by X-Men gold. Feels more epic. Interesting note. That's mm. a really interesting point. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Then we ended off with Ol' AB. <laughs> uh He says, favorite X-Men squad ever or currently in comics? If all time, I would say Iceman, Marrow, Cecilia Reyes, and Sabra during Operation Zero Tolerance, my first comic book. That is
0: not what I would have expected, but I really dig it. So that's cool. It's a deep cut. Yeah. Nice. It's Real like, neat. <laughs> <laughs> Merci, rough. All right. That about wraps it up for this week. But our question of the week for you guys. And don't worry if, if you think we're going to have too many responses. The thing that I notice when I do these tweet me a weird word is people who have never tweeted before or never interacted with the show but have been listening for years are there. So no. some people just respond. Some people don't. No one is doing anything right or wrong, but we always love hearing from you guys. So the question of the week this week is, what would you do if you had the Venom symbiote? Whoa. Because I was reading, you know, Venom this week, and I was like, oh, man, when Jessica has it on her face and she sees all that stuff, but what could she do with the power of the Venom symbiote? What would I do? I would disguise myself a lot. Just, just go camouflage would, a lot. Camouflage or just as someone else.
2: Oh. Do we know if the symbiote can survive underwater? Mm.
0: I would imagine, it can survive yeah, in space, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So no, it no seems like an easy there. task for the. Symbiote. I would like. I would want to like
2: explore the depths. Neat. Maybe the under,
0: the
1: underwater venom, yeah. I just terrorize <laughs>
0: sharks and stuff. Oh, those sharks didn't do anything to you. Hey, sharks are scary. Not all sharks. But... <laughs> I don't know. This is this is a big one. That's yeah, a good like, question. Like, would I rob a bank?
1: Would what? I save people? Would I eat? How is that I don't a question? know. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying. It opens up the possibilities. Anti-hero, of Robbing Alex a Lopez.
0: bank, Alex. Mm-hmm. What is going on here? I just throwing it out there. Okay. On that note, I think it's time to wrap up before Alex incriminates himself. Remember to email us. Don't give us, me power. <laughs> email us at twinpodcast at Marvel.com or use hashtag this at Marvel. I'm agent M on Twitter.
2: I'm at TuckerMarcus, T-U-C-K-E-R-M-A-R-K-U-S. And I'm still
0: at Alex Lopez underscore, and the O is a zero. Great. <laughs> uh, thanks to Evil Producer Brandon. That's it. That's all we got this week. Yep. Woo. Catch you on the flip side. Woo. This is Marvel, your universe. And the home of the brave.